All right, welcome back, everybody. Thirsty Thursday, number 48. Um, tonight, we are talking with Eric Olson and Vance Rowe, uh, both um, working or have worked in Ocean City, uh, as a lot of our folks and a lot of our guests have. Um, but tonight, we're talking, uh, kind of revisiting our um, our topics on mental health and and coping and how we manage with the stuff that we're that we're going through. Um, so it should be a great show. We we had tried to get these guys on earlier, um, and to to our fault, uh, we had some scheduling conflicts, so we had to reschedule. So here we are. Um, like we said, we're actually going to make it work this time. Um, so I'm excited to catch up with these guys. Um, was it last last year? Uh, Vance came in and did a yoga session for us on our one of our Tuesday training days, uh, which was awesome. Um, I'm sure we'll chat a little bit about that, and I'm not afraid to give my initial impression of it from that, um, that morning. Um, and then talk about how I felt about it afterwards. Um, and then, um, you know, I love Ols, love working with them. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what we have to talk about tonight. So that's the excitement that I have. Cheers, gentlemen. It's good to see you guys. And we'll kick it down to Trevor to, to kick it off. Great. Thanks, Ben. And a uh, happy new year to everybody. I'm really happy that uh, you know, Vance and Ols are on with us tonight. I've, uh, just for disclosure, I've worked directly and indirectly with these guys over the years. Um, you know, great working relationship with everybody. And uh, something else, Ben, a little trivia for you. Uh, Strike the Box Training actually just turned 15 this month. Wow. So we are, we are aging. Uh, I'm not sure if we're aging like wine or milk, but either way, we're, you know, we're still progressing <laughs> forward. That's it's a good thing. Be wine. It's got to be wine. wine. Excellent. Yeah. Um, aging like natural light. It's got. It only gets better too. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll go with that. But we'll, we'll, I, I support the plan. Uh, no, so it's um you know the, really interested to talk about the topic and um you know we've had uh, Olson on the show before you know talking about some of the mental health aspects and you know some of the you know, ways to kind of cope and manage stress a little bit more productively because it's very very easy to fall into that pit um, and kind of start getting into some bad habits and you know just kind of. Uh, focusing more on the negativity. And I've seen a lot of the work that Vance has been doing. Um, and you're know, very, very interested to hear about that. Because uh, 10, 15 years ago, someone you know, talk about first responder, first responder yoga, say that five times fast. Um, you know, I would be like, what? You know, the, the, those those two categories don't even go together. But you know, with, with some of the things uh, I've recently learned, um, which I've still not tried to yoga Vance, You got, you got to get me into this, but, uh, okay, man. You know, between that, and med- you know, some of the meditation, some of the other things, uh, you know, some very, very interesting ways. One thing I will say, um, you know, before we you know, get to the, our guests tonight and you know, do some intros of them is I'm very, very encouraged to see the amount of effort now that's going into recognition, if nothing else of some of the mental health stuff and, and, um, uh, mental wellness, physical wellness in the fire service. Um, you know, when I started, it, it didn't exist. You didn't talk about it. Uh, if you did talk about it, you were kind of a pariah or, you know, when you, when you did talk about, you know, either that call, whether it was something going on personally or professionally, uh, it was around the kitchen table or, you know, around the bar top somewhere. So, you know, with that being said, you, most of the academies now actually have a block of instruction, if not more, on you know physical wellness mental wellness 
uh, you know, sub, su you know, the substance abuse, addiction, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, very encouraged to see that's become more normalized and mainstream in our lexicon, especially when we discuss things and it's not the taboo subject, but also, uh, you know, I, I'm really interested to hear because of the, um, how, how can I put this, the tenure of the individuals um, that are on here too. You know, how are we reaching out to the new people? How are we reaching out to that, that middle group? And how are we reaching out to you know the ones of you know later or I guess I should say earlier generations that may not have had the benefit of some of this information? And how do we get, how do we get across to them when that was something that wasn't even tangible to them? So, with that, really excited to hear from Vance and uh, Eric tonight. Uh, and with that, Eric, I'll go up to you for an intro, and then you can pitch it to Vance for an intro, and we'll get into this discussion. Sure. Thanks, gentlemen. Uh... For those who don't know me, I'm Eric Olson, uh, wear a couple of different hats. Uh, my day job is a firefighter paramedic with the town of Ocean City, Ocean City Fire Department. And I've been there about 10 years and in a career capacity. And I have the pleasure of being the peer support team coordinator. And uh, I, I also sit on a couple committees like the wellness committee and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm also uh, a part-time chaplain, and I'm almost finished uh, becoming a licensed therapist. So I, I just I, I wear a couple of different hats, but um, I guess I'm here to talk about mental health. And I've teamed up with Vance uh, on many projects, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. So I'll turn it over to Vance. Hi, everybody. Good evening. My name is Vance Rowe. Um, Currently, I work for emergency services in Ocean City, so I serve as a uh, police and fire dispatcher. Prior to that, uh, I was a police officer in Ocean City for 22 years, and when I left, I was a corporal, so a first-line supervisor. And uh, I'd say the last 10 years of my career, uh, I did strictly polygraph, uh, so I wasn't really <laughs> like a real cop like everybody else. Um, <laughs> uh so I had, uh, I went through my own issues, uh, in my own head. Uh, I actually had a line of duty injury. Um, so that's kind of how I fell into yoga. Uh, the reason that I'm, th that I got really passionate about it is, you know, I, I decided that people probably weren't going to come with me to go to a studio. Um, and I needed to learn how to teach it so I could come to you. Um, there is an awful lot of, uh, public safety suicides. And we had one just this past week, uh, a, a six year police officer, uh, committed suicide, uh, New Year's Eve, unfortunately. And the way it stands right now in, po in the police world, uh, we are more dangerous to ourselves than the public. Um, suicide numbers are higher than line of duty deaths and me getting into yoga, me wanting to teach yoga is that's my part of trying to reduce that number. Uh, I would like to significantly put a dent into that number. So that's why I want to teach cops and firefighters, military people, people that are just like me, just like the rest of you guys. Um, just to kind of go back to circle back around to what I was talking about at the beginning. Um, so in Ocean City on Tuesdays through the winter months, we have our training days. Um, and Eric is a part of the um, peer support team and the wellness committee for the department. 
uh, is organizing these different people to come in and talk about nutrition and talk about um, breathing techniques and just different aspects. And Vance was one of our guests one morning, um, as I had mentioned, did a, did about an hour of yoga. And um, I remember like there was like a rumor going through the, through the mill around like each station, like we're going to have to do yoga. Like just let me come in, do my class, whatever it is. Let me go to lunch. I like, just let me do like, let me do our thing so we can move on. And uh, even like that morning, like Vance was there, did a basically the same, the same intro talked to us. Um, me being newer in ocean city uh, on the full-time side, at least um, hadn't met Vance or hadn't worked with him very much through my part-time years. Um, but, you know, tells us, tells us about that. And then we get into it and it's, it was like, Oh, this is, this is cool. You know, at the end, um, there were some of us that had fallen asleep. That wasn't me. I promise. It was not me. Uh, but he even like Vance, you even mentioned like you fell asleep. That's okay. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's good. Like that means you're relaxed. You're, you're in a good place. Um, so I thought it was, I, I thought the yoga was, um, it was a lot of fun and it was like, it, it, it was a workout. Like I remember getting done thinking like, Holy cow, like I'm done. I'm spent. I'm good. Um, you know, the only other yoga I'd done before that was beer yoga. Um, huh. What's, what's beer, yoga? <laughs> beer yoga was, um, like you would, it was at, um, there was a brewery in Del Mar and like you would sign up for it. You pay for whatever you get two beers and I get that. You got two beers with your registration, not to say that that's where it stopped, but you could get more. Um, and like, you'd be going through your, like your poses, <laughs> like, all right, downward dog. I'm not even sure which, which position that was. <laughs> and then you like set your, your, your glass, or your cup down and you like work around it. And then you get to a different pose and you're doing another little sip. So it was, yeah. it was cool. It was fun. Right. Uh, Ben, um, you know that was goat yoga, and that was just to make the goats look better. Right. <laughs> Is that why it smelled like that? I thought it was me. Could be. Look at this guy. You got another gun. Yeah. Well, Mike, Mike you're, just, you're ready for, for uh, introductions. You're right in time. Yeah, we'd like Bye. to uh, welcome Vin Diesel to the show. Oh, sorry, it's Mike Woods. <laughs> okay. Guys, up a little bit. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. All good, all good. How are things up the road? Uh, busy, fairly busy right now. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Busy isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Anything good? Uh, not yet, not yet. Okay. But any minute now, any minute yeah. now. Love the optimism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited. Uh, it's good to see everybody again. It seems like it's been forever. Right. So, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, first show of the new year. One thing that Trevor mentioned and I forgot to, to bring up, uh, Strike the Box is 15 years old this month. So, wow. Yeah. That is, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. A lot of good work from, from Bobby and Trevor and the guys that came before us. So that's, that's good stuff. Or came before me, I should say. So, um, we're just kind of getting started, kicking it off. Um, Eric and Vance just did their intro. Um, so if you want to do a quick intro and then kind of go where the conversation takes us. Yeah. Uh, again, happy to be back and um, looking forward to the night. Been working with Eric uh, on some stuff for Ocean City, and he has uh, come through 
in an amazing fashion with uh, a, a presentation that he put together. And uh, he's also been doing a couple other things for us uh, involving mental health. And it has just been amazing. Uh, you know, the, the buy-in from the department and then the willingness of, of so many of these members to just kind of grab the flag and lead the charge on, on different aspects of what we do. So um, I'm excited for tonight, and I'm excited to, uh, to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um, so in, in talking about that, like at the end of our yoga session from last year, um, like I said, it was definitely something I would, I would do again. I know my wife uh, likes to do it, so um, we haven't had a chance to do the yoga um, again. But, um, you know, again, it is something that's, um, that's a good time. So, um, you know, if, if it's something that your department's going to offer, you know, take advantage of it. Go into it with an open mind. A lot of times I think in the fire service we have this, again, I think a little bit goes back to the stigma, but, um, like, it, it's like you're if you're at work, be at work. If it's part of work, do it, you know? Like, you're going to be there anyway, you right. know? So, um, all right, now I'm going to shut up. That was my part. Oh, um, you want to talk a little bit about, like, the – I think the last time we, we talked about this, it was the resiliency. And I know you're not a huge fan of that term, um, but kind of the latest on where we are as far as fire service, emergency services and like our mental health. And, um, you know, then we'll maybe transition into um, ways to build that and kind of protect that. Sure. I, yeah. I think when I was on last time, I was with Rick George, which was, that was fun. That was a cool cat there. I still want to visit them, but um, <clears throat> yeah, resiliency, it's not, I, I mean, it's a wonderful word. It's just a $2 word nowadays, you know, um, but it's, I think we, we focus a lot in, I think now, where, where, where are we at now? Where, where I see we're at, and again, just my opinion, where I think we're at is awareness phase is over. Again, this is Eric Olson's opinion, no one else's opinion that you know that that we need to start talking about things that mental health is not taboo it's quite right in our lives every day it's not going to go away so let's let's deal with it and let's deal with mental health is just a component of of health and wellness in general it's physical it's it's emotional it's it's financial it's everything it's you know it's a biopsychosocial you know uh wheel but where i see us now is let's start doing things and I don't really think it's that important where you go with it, as long as you do something. And uh, what, I, what I'm what i very proud that we do at Ocean City, and I really can't take the credit, I, I take it to the leadership, to command staff that provided us the platform and the opportunity that we can insert little tidbits of, of health and wellness in our training days and throughout the year. But like having Vance, I mean, I never would have thought 10 years ago that we were going to have this, this guy that's going to teach us yoga. I mean, that's like kind of, it's kind of crazy, you know, but it went off successfully. Everyone did it. Not one person didn't participate in it. And all we're doing is exposing them to things. What they do with it is up to them. We're just saying, here's some evidence-based stuff that we found. Check it out. If you like it, run with it. If you don't, that's cool. And, um, I think all we're doing, I think it's our duty to, and I, I, I come back to that. You know, it's our duty to to show the latest and the greatest and whatever that is. If it's in, you know, fire attack, we, we have to show them what, what, 
what's what's new in fire behavior? Is there anything new? I don't know if there is. Let's research it. So what's what's the latest and greatest? And I think we owe it to our department to to do that. You said something earlier that struck me was, um, you know, they're going to pay for it either way. So whether whether the department is going to pay for it in injuries, you know, like we got power stretchers to help the injuries. So whether they're going to pay for time off, whether they're using sick time or they're having to see a therapist or they have to go inpatient, they're going to pay for it either way. So you might as well jump ahead of it and, and, and try to reduce, reduce, uh, you know, strain or stress on, on the department. And um, I just think we're, all we're doing, and like, and Mike says, like, Mike's pretty, a great teacher because he, he said he's pretty humble when he teaches and you can tell he was a teacher in a past life, <laughs> but he's like, you know, here's what's worked for me. Here's one way to do it. Here's one way to get a victim out. There's a million ways to do it. So we're not saying here's one way to deal with stress management. We're saying here's like five, six ways. Does it, does any of them excite you? And I think it's our duty to show it to them. So, you know, not too many guys say, I'm going to think I'm going to go into a yoga studio today, you know, but we'll bring it to you, you know, and I'd love to maybe in the near future bring meditation in, but I feel like that's going even further left of center, but I think maybe we're there. I I don't know. I mean, but um, again, it's just to, to show them what works. I mean, there's a reason why Super Bowl uh, winners have meditation people on their staff right. and make you pay very, very, very well. There's a reason why Fortune 500 companies have meditation, have yoga uh, teachers, have, have, have nutritionists, because that stuff works. They wouldn't do it if it didn't work. So I, I, I just think that we should just, I think we're doing what all successful organizations do, is just try to make your people the best they possibly can be. Hey, uh, also, I don't, I don't want to dive off the, uh, the in the deep end of the pool so early in the show, but this is a great time to do yeah. it. Um, you had mentioned about you know where the you know the awareness part we should already be there and be going forward and doing stuff. And I, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, part of part of the issue that I see, I mean, from a personal viewpoint, is the self awareness. Like you know, I I feel I can give the greatest advice to some of the younger folks or anything else, but I'm really shitty at taking it for myself. So where, how do we get to that, that level of self-awareness where we realize we're struggling, you know, cause we can look and, and put all the, you know, from the management level, we can put all the policies, procedures, and edicts out that say this, and we can say all the right buzzwords and, um, you know, do all the right HR things. And that, that's, that's great, but it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take that individual to be self-aware that they have the, you know, the issue. And then also that they also have support that there's other people out there and, the reason I say this is, um, you know, cause I, I want to, I want to get your answer, but I'll tell you what's, uh, precipitating my, my comments. We had a guest on our show, gosh, several months ago. Uh, remember when chief Starnes, Andy Starnes was on Ben, um, great guy, you know, one of the nicest guys you ever meet. He does a lot of thermal imaging. He's like the thermal Im- imaging guru in the fire service. Um, just, you know, super individual, you know, very well read, very intelligent, teaches a lot of stuff. And I was listening to a podcast of his recently, and it was about, um, you know, people suffering from anxiety. And I'm sitting there, you know, even some of my own recent bouts with it where, you know, you can go on a, you can go on that call and you have an entire block fully involved. And, you know, you're actually throwing the yawn in your brief initial report, like, yeah, I'm going to see 
yeah, I got two city blocks off. Yeah, no problem. But then on, you know, when you're sitting there eating dinner, all of a sudden you have this anxiety attack for no reason. And you can't, you can't make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't even have your own self-awareness where professionally you do when it comes to focusing on the job because you can fix stuff or you know how to fix stuff, but you don't know how to fix you. So do you mind um, between you and Vance, can you talk about, you know, the, uh, you talked about the awareness, but can you kind of delve a little bit into you know, what the, the path of self-awareness and, you know, how, how do we get that process started for whether it's individually or for someone that we see who is struggling that we can you know, whisper some good counsel in their ear? Vance, do you want to start? I can. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, feelings. And I know that that's a, that's a scary word and we, you know, we're not, we're not going to dive into our feelings and and things like that. But when we talk about being self-aware, one of the big things about yoga, one of the huge things about meditation is just starting to try to slow your mind down and allow yourself to feel what is going on with you. That's how you check in with yourself. Um, You know, when you talk about self-care, the, the one uh, metaphor I always hear is, on an airplane, when the oxygen masks fall down, they tell you that you need to put yours on first before you put it on to somebody else, that you need to take care of you so that you can take care of other people. That's a huge thing. Um, you know, and, and, and I think sometimes you don't necessarily have to be peer support, peer wellness, anything like that. I think you can certainly see something in someone else and you don't have to be a licensed clinician to be like, hey, what's going on with you? How are you? Um, and I think that goes a long way with, with, you know, just, just, uh, cause you guys always end up working with the same people. I think sometimes uh, cops generally were working on the same people. So you see people day in, day out and you're able to see changes and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, when you come back to the resilience part that we, you know, we were talking about before, you know, I, I like to look at it as, is kind of bounce back from wherever you are, how quickly can you come back to it? How quickly can you come back to your, whatever your center point is? Now, there's so many different ways to do it. Yoga just happens to be the thing that I like to do. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's so many different things. And I think I think you guys have done a, a really nice job of exposing folks in the Ocean City Fire Company, uh, just all the different things that are just around us on the Eastern Shore. Um, so I think that's pretty great. Um, I got to tell you that personally, the police department, uh, you know, <laughs> far behind where you all are as far as peer support, wellness, all these things. They would far rather put their head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist. Um, and that's just where we are. You know what I mean? Uh, as as guys and uh, especially as police officers, we've been taught for a very long time to just push it down. Um, and whatever you feel you, you, you somehow got to make it go away. Now, for me, that meant I used to drink an awful lot. Uh, I, I mean, it, it got to be a, a huge problem. Um, but everybody has their everybody has their thing. The the thing that really brought me out of it was yoga, though. And Trevor, thinking of what thinking of what you said, so what? Uh, how does one become self aware? I, I don't know if there's that. I think Vance is right. There's certain practices you can do that can increase the increase that skill. That, but 
to get someone to a point of, all right, how do I go from awareness to doing, how do you bridge that gap? I think it's just fostering an environment where it's safe to do so. So I think we do a good job also of preaching, but do we practice what we preach? Right. right. So, and I'll pick something that I'm very guilty at. Um, I add a lot to my plate. I love doing, I'm addicted to motion is the, the one, one of my favorite books said, <laughs> but I'm kind of okay with that. Like I, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I don't really have a lot else going on and I get a lot of value out of work. I like it. But if I'm not sleeping every night, if I'm spending six nights in a firehouse and I do this sometimes, so I'm not the best example. So I need to really look at myself. They're like, oh, look at the peer support guy. He's like, he's he's not sleeping. He's not really a good picture of health. So I think we need to start learn, leading by example more. Maybe this is I'm talking to myself right now. <clears throat> we need to lead by example more. So saying... So we're fall, we're kind of we, we follow actions way more than we do words. So if we start showing people, you know, this is the kind of culture we want to cultivate and embrace and promote, you know. So it's okay to ask someone for a therapist number. It's okay to say, Man, Eric, I just had this crazy dream. Do you think it's weird? <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know. Just so we maybe we just start fostering an environment where it's cool to talk about this stuff. Uh and not, you know, there's that one place in, I forget which department I read it in, but they had an SOG that says, you cannot badmouth a call when you come back from, a, from, from to the station. So it was like, the purpose behind that was, I'm kind of paraphrasing. So if you went on a, you revived someone from Narcan and you came back and the one guy's like, man, we shouldn't have Narcan. We should just let him die. You know, that stupid junkie. Again, that's, you could call that a benign statement, but what if someone around that table is suffering or and someone in their family suffering? They're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not, this is not a safe room to, to say that in. So they made SOGs towards the point of we're going to change the culture. So physically and actually changing, not just talking about it. So we can make, I think that will help someone be self aware. So they might be self aware, but like, I'm still not going to say shit. You know, oh, can we say that? I shouldn't have said that, but you know. I don't know what's going to get someone to, but self-awareness is the, is the first step. So one of the, one of the big things, and I, and I actually just happened to be listening to a podcast this afternoon uh, and it has to do with sleep uh, mm -hmm. that we don't take care of ourselves sleep wise. Now, listen, I know that when you all are working there, there's a chance, maybe you can sleep. There's a chance. Maybe you don't sleep. That's just the kind of the chance that you take and you, and you try to catch up on all those hours, uh, you know, when you're off, um, but I know when I look at the police world, when you're working uh, the, the, the mandatory overtime, the 50 hours, the 60 hours, uh, and then you get off in the morning and supposed to go to court and then life. And you know, maybe you got to take your kid to child care or something like that. So you sleep for like two hours and you come back and do another 10 or 12 hour shift. It's just not healthy. It's just not sustainable. There, there, there is there is not enough energy drinks uh, at the 7-Eleven for me to drink to be able to run like that for days. Um, and it's just bad on your system. And if you don't, if you don't allow the system to rest, it's going to fail you. So that I know that that for me, that was one of the big things that I had to prioritize. Well, and, and Vance and Eric, uh, let me ask you this. And I'm going to throw two topics out there real quick. Um, one is dumbassery and the other is silos. And the dumbassery is that 
I think a lot of us have tools at our disposal, but we don't realize how to use those tools in different situations. And what I mean is, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about anxiety. I might be driving to work and there's no tangible trigger of why all of a sudden I have this anxiety building up. I can't, I can't attribute it to anything. And then all those years that I've taught SCBA and SCBA boot camp and survival skills, where we teach breathing techniques and box breathing and three, five, seven technique and to have psychological grounding. Wow. You, if I, you know, I'm in my cell because you know, it's not fire service related. I, I, I didn't apply that where, well, like what you're talking about also is, you know, some of the, some of the meditation techniques actually use the exact same thing. It's just in a different format and it's different visual visualization. And, you know, the special operators in the military use a different visualization, but the same technique. And it's like, wow, you know, why, why didn't I see the capabilities of this tool that I already knew how to use, but I didn't use. Uh, and, and it, that's one of the silos. The other silo I think too is, you know, we need to start kind of bridging the gap. Look, we know there's collective bargaining agreements. We know there's, you know, labor management, all this kind of stuff. But how many people that might say, hey, look, you know, I've got several years left in my career and I'd really like to be a you know, sergeant, lieutenant, captain, whatever the case is. But they don't want to make themselves look vulnerable because, oh, man, you know, it, will, will my bosses think less of me? Will they... Uh, doubt my capabilities or they will they think I'm weak because I've sought help and that's a very right. real thing because you know people look at their career progression and even from the you know the uh you know, upper echelon if you will guess what you know the, the the people with the glitter shit on their collar also they got issues you know good personal professional or everything else so I think that sometimes we need to find that that platform where we can take the insignia off you know, yes, we're all we're all in the same insignia, whether it's our, our police department, our fire department, whatever the case is. That's the insignia that we should be looking that to support each other under. But you know, to to start creating those striations of you know that we don't kind of cross over a little bit and take care of each other. I think that when once we start putting ourselves in those silos, um, it becomes very counterproductive, uh, in my opinion. So what are your thoughts on that? How how do we overcome some of those things where that whether it's a, a two year or 12 year or 22 year individual feels comfortable, you know, seeking that help and, you know, before it becomes a problem, because, you know, I, I just had a, a, well, a couple issues, but recently I had an issue in my department um, that the, the guy was, you know, firefighter of the year, you know, had all this stuff going on and, we didn't know there was a problem until the problem, you know, manifested itself, which is very unfortunate. And we're, you know, we're trying to get the, the help that that individual needs. But at the same time, um, you know, we, we can't ostracize people because obviously there's a lot of stuff going on. So how how do we get out of those silos and, you know, how do how do we make this a a industry wide thing versus a segmented thing? Because, also, you know, in the fire service and Banshee as well, look, we have competition between suppression and ems engine company and truck company um you know all that kind of stuff those are the friendly friendly rivalries and um but you know how how do we kind of get rid of that stigma because the stigma is there but how do we get rid of that stigma especially when it comes between like the labor and management issue and that might be too deep of a question to get into tonight but how, how do we do it on a departmental level versus a 
you know, here's what's good for the the brass. Here's what's good for the boots on the ground. It's good for everybody. So how, how do we approach that in your opinion? So I, <clears throat> there's a couple of questions in there. Yeah. Uh, the, and, 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 and let me say, so that was a shit storm. I just threw at you. So, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to tell you that, listen, I, my, uh, any of my mental health issues, they manifested as anger. Um, and the reason they, they, I had a lot of frustration with working with, uh, commanders inside of my police department because I couldn't stand hearing the term. Well, that's the way we always did things. Um, I, I mean, it's the worst, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I mean, I've been in therapy for eight years. Uh, I've been on medicine for six, uh, there was a point that I would not have told you that there was a point that I would have been like, I, I can't be a cop and, and I've done that. But I, I just, you know, one of the things that, that, that I've really learned, and this is working with Eric, this is working with people like uh, Heather Brown. Um, I, I need to share what has happened to me because it's going to help somebody else. Um, I was in a really, really dark place. And nobody would have ever known to see me. Now, Trevor, when you talk about somebody that you never would have seen, the, the, the one thing that I've learned in, in doing this kind of work is it's not the slug that you tend to have a problem with. It's the doers. It's the ones that are out front that, you know, so, something might go on with. And I'm not saying all of them, but for whatever reason, it's these people that have this high motor Um you know, they're constantly producing and, you know, things may not go right in their mind. And that's when things start to go bad. Now, uh, for, for, for me, you want to know how to bring it into your department. It's got to be top down. It's got to be that that chief has got to be like, listen, this is a priority. I care about every single one of you. I brought you in here for a 25 year career and I intend to keep you uh, for that entire 25 year career. I've heard stories. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to a guy named Doug Monda. Uh, and this is, I was down at Virginia beach like two months ago. And he is one of the only people that I've ever heard talk um, about like gun to his head, pulls the trigger uh, and lives. Um, the first time that he had tried to take his life, his chief takes him to rehab and is like, I'm going to make sure you're okay. That's huge. Because I, that would not happen in my, in my former police department. It wouldn't. Um, and I don't even know what would happen if one of our people was like, I need help. Now, I, I am certainly willing to do whatever. Uh, I have made some connections over the last two years uh, that, you know, certainly could get people into recovery, keep it nice and quiet. Uh, they'd have to take a leave of absence, things like that. But... Um, at some point there's going to be questions and I, I, I wish I had a better answer of how do you make it acceptable? It's just, there's still a very old guard um, inside of uh, our police department that is like, listen, you guys better suck it up and deal with it because that's what I did. And that's just not a good answer anymore. Yeah, and, and I agree with you that that's a horrible answer. But the other thing I look at, too, is the sincerity. And I'll share this you know, with you real quick. And, you know, I, and kind of, you know, I want you guys to continue on with it. But I remember 
many, many moons ago uh, early on when uh, CISD became a thing. And we couldn't even spell CISD in the fire department at that point. But, um, you know, we had had uh, a lifeguard uh, who was, went to cardiac arrest on the beach, struck by lightning. Um, and it was, it was pretty, you know, pretty nasty call. And, you know, we did what we needed to do. And we were ordered, ordered to go to um, this debriefing. So, of course, you know, we're at, like, oh, so you're saying, oh, yeah, hey, man, look, I'm at the end of my shift. Let me go home. And everyone handles things differently. But, you know, to me, it was more like the short-term and long-term effect. But this was check, this was like checkbox psychology that, in our opinion, at that point. And so long and the short of it is um, we were all ordered to go, you know, after, after our shift. We just worked at 24, got our asses kicked, busy summer day uh, and, and night. And then we go, and there's this poor psych nurse who has never once set foot in the firehouse or anything else. And she was doing the best she could, but she's telling us, um, you know, what we should feel in the next, you know, three, five, 10, 24 hours, this, that, and the other. And we stopped her and said, ma'am, look, we, we understand why you're here, what, you know, what your uh, mission mm -hmm. is, but please just, you know, we don't want to be rude, but you don't do what we do. We don't do what you do. And let's just kind of get this done and, and be efficient. And, you know, of course she had a mission. Um, and we, we treated her like crap probably. I mean, in her, in her <laughs> mind, I mean, I, I felt so bad for her. Um, but nevertheless, I still remember that to this day is that that was probably the most counterproductive effort to try to uh, address a very significant call and there was not after that it was just it was totally checkbox there was no follow up you know months years down the road it, it didn't really matter because we did the right thing and we brought the CISD um you know people in to do the thing at the time so um we've come a long way since then which i'm very very grateful for uh so you kind of circling back to you know, what i was asking before i think that from and advance i agree with you completely it needs to be from the top down but it needs to be not only sincere, but the top needs to be educated on it because, you know, I'll, I'll say this as a, as a department head, as a chief, you know, I'm, uh, you know, jack of many trades, master of none. And that's where you have to reach out to those subject matter experts or those people to say, you know, what do I need? Not, you know, you, you can't inflate yourself and say, so shall be done. We're, you know, we're going to mandate this training, that training, goat yoga, uh, you know, mental health counseling. It has to be appropriate to that, that probie, that two-year member, five-year member, retiree, everybody in between. So what, what would you guys recommend? Um, you know, and I guess that's part of the self-awareness of management as well. What would you guys recommend as far as a good pathway to have a productive conversation about this versus a, uh, a checkbox conversation? Well, you hit a couple, a couple things is kind of throwing all your, your questions into one. So how do you meet the 18 year, 18 year senior person? Use your term, the words you just use, meet them where they're at. <clears throat> so you don't send the two year peer support worker. That's like, I'm here to listen and they know the active listening and they know empathetic skills and that's great. But the 18 year on the job person doesn't want the two year, two year peer support mm. worker. God bless that peer support worker. We need them. So what you do is you try to find a peer support uh, for that's in the same 
uh, bracket of experience. And if you don't have one, you outsource it. So you'll say, you know what? I got a buddy in the fire department across the way that maybe you can talk to. So you, there's no there's no rules. You, you try to meet the person, what find the person what they need and get them what they need. So it is important if you have someone in a peer support role that you have an array of people. Like we have Dwayne Phillips on our team. He's about to be retired. Uh, so when he's retired, I'd like to keep him on the team as a retired peer support member because that is a that is a population that gets overlooked. And I think you both have hinted on it. That is a very vulnerable population. So that is a way to help the senior people. You know, have senior having having senior peers. Um, but one thing I do want to. Oh, as far as the forced, yeah, the forced help, that's that's an archaic thing that hopefully nobody's doing anymore. And SISM is, is fantastic, but uh, it's got some great things in it. But the, I, do, I unfortunately, I do a decent amount of debriefings. Um, I'm very comfortable with them. Um, I'll be doing one next week. But it's you kind of go in there and you see what happens. You're there for support. It's voluntary. It's still confidential. You have to, and you and you just have to treat it as all right. What do you guys need? Where do you guys at? Take the temperature, and you do some psychoeducation. But you're more just there to kind of like do an assessment. You know what? What do you guys need? Are your priority ones, twos, or threes? I, I want to know. You know. And before I forget, the last thing I want to say is because I because you brought up a good you bring up lots of good points. Uh, you're saying that you breathe that breathing technique, like so. Well, like, well, she sounds surprised when you say that. Yeah, no. How, you're like, well, I knew that technique. Why didn't I use it? Well, I think it's habit, right? So, what's Bobby always say? You can train, 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 but a lot of times we default to a technique, even if we know it's not going to be the best. We do it anyway because we're used to it, and there's a lot of science behind that. Where that that synapse run from that neuron and that neuron, it's been used so much so the myelin sheath is thicker. It's a reliable neuron pathway, so we use it. We fall back on it. But if you do that breathing technique, let's just use that for an example. In your car every day for like three months, for two minutes a day, you're like, okay, I'm kind of comfortable with this technique. Now you're more likely to use it. So mm-hmm. I think you being aware is cool, but you have to have accessibility. These tools they can't just be abstract thoughts you have to actually do them so habit the more you do these things the more likely you're to use them i also and i'm going to throw you under the bus really really quick um i want you to give me some like real-time visceral advice uh and i'm very grateful that i've had this opportunity but i've had some of my former firefighters i'm I'm in a combination department i have career volunteer both and most of my volunteers fortunately are getting hired on in other departments um which Mm -hmm. is wonderful and as recently as this past Tuesday night, I've had this happen a few times. Uh, one of my former volunteers, he just finished his academy in this um, metropolitan career department. He's doing great. Um, he's getting his you know ass kicked every day by his by his shift, but they're doing things you know, the right the right way for the right reason. And he had a very um, probably a very just a very disturbing call. Yeah, double double fatal vehicle accident. Um, just you know it was. I think what, what's our industry term? Uh, it was a shit show, essentially. So right. basically, you know, this guy came to me. I mean, he's not even one of my members anymore. And he came to me and said, hey, you know, chief, can I talk to you? I'm not his chief. I'm I'm Trevor. I'm you know, I'm not his chief anymore. But I was very grateful he came. And, um, you know, we, we happened to be uh, see each other out in a social situation, went off to the side and he was talking about this call. 
And you know, the mere fact that he felt comfortable um, approaching me about it, but yeah, you know, and I, I told him, I said, hey, man, you know, I, I just shared some stuff with him and some similar things that I'd experienced and, um, you know, just tried to be empathetic. But at the same time, I mean, here's this guy who's probably 22 years old. I'm Uncle Grandpa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only say but so much. So, uh, you know, I, I felt that I, you know, I was grateful he came to me with, um, you know, with those thoughts and, you know, with w- and, and was vulnerable enough with me and uh, had enough trust to uh, bring that situation to me. What were the other steps? Because I felt that, you know, yeah, I can sit there and tell him a few war stories and, you know, and give him some sage advice. But again, there's such a gap between where he is in his career and where I am. There is probably so many more um, either opportunities or uh, mechanisms or tools that I could probably point him towards. So what would your advice to me be to say, okay, Uncle Grandpa, look, you know, th- thanks for trying to take care of that kid. But you know, here, here's how to kind of connect the dots between what you were able to do for him and where he is now. Well, I think you're minimizing what you did. I think you might have done exactly what he needed at that time. Uh, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. I mean, really, what people general what if you look at our data from peer support, we have almost three years of data over like 70. I think this year was even higher. Last year was only 50 percent. 50 percent of our peer support contacts are 15 minutes or less. People just want to be heard. So what you did, you actively listened and you provided empathy. They want to be heard. That's the most important thing support is the number one predictor of resiliency will be every time so you may have very successfully provided him the support he needed i don't know if i would necessarily would have done anything differently maybe if you're if you felt after that conversation with that young kid that ah he kind of worried me a little bit all right well that's good so your your, your radar was going up maybe have a, a younger peer check it check in with him the next day and be like, hey, man, you know, thanks for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. Everything you said was between me and you, but I have someone that actually might have some similar experiences. Do you mind if I give him your number and he'll give you a call tomorrow? So then you're giving permission to have someone else check on him that might be have the more, uh, you know, more uh, shared experience in special age group. But it sounds like you did a good job. I, I wouldn't minimize what you do. Half of what we do is just talking to somebody else. Yeah, and that, and that's awesome advice. And I think uh, you know, what you just said about having the respect, because you know certainly you, you don't want to betray their confidence, because you know that's part of the stigma that we deal with. Yeah. You know, it's hard it's hard enough to say, hey man, I'm struggling, but um, yeah, I think I think also that's great advice is to reach out to them and and get their permission or say, hey, I've got another resource. Here it is. Here here's a tool for your toolbox if you choose to take it. Never uh, wait for them to advice. call you back. You always call them back. So you never wait. Say, hey, give me a call tomorrow. No, no, they're not going to call. <laughs> you call them. So you get your, you make sure you have their number. That's 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 a rule I learned the hard way. That's great and, advice, brother. Thank you for that. And, and I can tell you, Trevor, us being at very different points in our fire service career. Um, what, what are you trying to say, man? <laughs> um, you know, looking looking for someone with the sage advice, um, and, and having mentors that are in those those advanced positions because like i i when i started in the fire service i had mentors at different points um you know i had senior firefighters engineers lieutenants captains assistant chiefs like deputy chiefs that were all mentors to me and, the, and they still are um and depending on what's going on 
and how I felt about a situation. Like I might've reached out to the, the deputy chief that I knew or know that this is the person that I want to talk to about this. Whereas something else happens and it's like, Nope, I'm calling Oles because that's, that's the guy I want to talk to about whatever situation it is. Um, and I, I think, you know, one of the things that we had talked about was the silos of, of all of this and, and the departments being separated. But I think one of the things that we don't give that credit for is like our, the crews that work together. So right now mm. I get to work with, and I've, I've mentioned him before, Jimmy Englishman, who I think is a, he's a phenomenal paramedic. He's a great fireman and he is going to do great things in our department. Um, you know, he's, he's got a lot of experience before he came to Ocean City, but he's 25, 26, um, you know, years old. And that's like, that's, that's young compared to me, you know, and we're both, we're both a year or two into the, into the Ocean City Fire Department full time. Um, so there's things that I like, Hey man, you probably don't want to do that. Like that's, <laughs> that's not a good call. And it, it's stuff at work. It's stuff outside of work. And, you know, I think one of the things that us working together for this time period is, you know, there's days that we come to work and it's like, Hey man, are you okay? You know, we're sitting in the back of the ambulance checking in the morning. He always gets there at six. And I get there right around the same time. Um, and like, you can just tell the way that he's like typing on the computer that yeah, he's mad, you know? <laughs> so then someone at like the third person comes in and be like, Hey man, hit the bricks talking to Jimmy. Like, okay. And then, and then by the end of the time we're checking the, that we're done with the ambulance, sometimes we're, we're both mad now. Sometimes <laughs> better. I'm mad. Sometimes we're both better, you know? So sometimes he's more pissed. Um, but, but it, I think it's having that, that camaraderie is one of the great things about the fire service. And, and I can't speak for the police department, um, but I would hope it would be the same way is that, you know, we're, we're going through the same shit together a lot of times that we have those people that we can trust and we can reach out to um, and like, Hey, at least get the ball rolling. You know, in this case, Trevor, the guy that, that new probationary member, that new fireman called you and like that, you were his person. You know, there's been times that I've called you. There's been times that I've called, there's been times I called and talked to Mike. There's been times I've talked to Oles. Hey man, listen to this shit, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, and, and, that's just what I needed at the time. So I think there's times where it's just like, you're just the right person, you know? So my two cents. No, I mean, Ben, that's, that's pretty interesting. Cause it, um, I've always used the analogy. And again, this is going back to, you know, the dumbassery where you, you get such tunnel vision on the, the tools you have in your toolbox, but it's almost like having those books on your bookshelf and you pull down the right reference manual that you need mm -hmm. at the time. And, you know, I've used that analogy so many times and, and Ben, you just, you know, kind of had that, you know, that mind blow for me just then to say, hey, you know, it's not that you have the go to person. You're very fortunate if you have, hey, there's a situation I might feel better talking to Vance about or to Mike or to Ben or to Oles about that. Mm -hmm. And you, you kind of you if you maybe that goes back to that self-awareness part is you, you kind of realize where those resources are, because. If, if I'm the old retired guy, I might reach out to an old retired guy. Um, if, if, if it's something that, you know, deals more with a, um, like a medical issue, I might reach out, reach out to some, give me an example. Like, um, you know, I'm, if I'm a cancer survivor, I might reach out to another cancer survivor. I might not reach out to a, a person with a diabetic history, not that they couldn't be empathetic, but 
there's a little bit of difference between the two. So is, is that a fair analogy? I mean, Vance and Eric, I mean, is that something that you know, resource wise that, you know, if there's something really kind of specific that you kind of reach out to those people and, and, and Vance, I look at those silos too, just like we have in the fire department, because I'm sure you had your like patrol division, services division, QRT people, and QRT didn't talk to this and this didn't talk to them because they just weren't the cool kids. But you all chewed a lot of the same dirt over your career, just like we do in the fire service. We're, we're all firefighters and, and EMS providers, regardless of what division you get in. I mean, it, are those fair analogies? You're, you're always going to talk to the people that I think you work with the most. Like the, the CID folks are always going to hang with the CID folks, the day shift people, evening shift people, midnight shift people. And then there's a couple of friends that have kind of bridged the gap from, from the time I was a summer cop, like all the way through that you always keep up with them and stuff like that. But I think you, you, you tend to really talk to um, the people that are around you. Now, he, here are two things that I just want to share. Number one, I, I don't think you necessarily have to go to a peer support person. I think you just have to go to somebody that you trust, somebody that, you know, you, you, you have this bond with that you're like, I need, I need to say something to you. Um, and then the other one is, listen, I guarantee that there are people that we all work with right now that are hurting. Maybe you know it, maybe you can see it, maybe you can't. What, what I'd love to do is make resources available to them so that they can see it. Look, man, you don't got to talk to me you, and you don't got to talk to any of the rest of us that are, that are on the call, but talk to somebody. And listen, I'm going to give you something that's completely confidential and you don't got to tell anybody what you're doing. You can go to BetterHelp, uh, you know, online, just talk. And that's a, that's a really good way to start is just getting it out of you. Um, and a lot of people think that, you know, uh, unfortunately there is, there is a, there, there still is a stigma that listen, if you reach out for help, that's why I say, if you want to do it confidentially, if you want to do it, not to a person in your department, um, things like that. I am, I am, I am not hurt if people don't talk directly to me, but all I want to do is make resources available. You know, I just want everybody to be okay. We, we all started, you know, uh, we, we all started this career. And the, the, the whole goal now is not just to get to the end of our 25, but it's to go so many years beyond this. It's to collect so many years on that pension that, <laughs> that, that the town of Ocean City is like, Jesus, when is this guy going to go? Um, so that's really what I want. You know, I just, I just want everybody to be all right. We, you know, the, the, there's certainly things that are going to happen over the course of your career that are going to change you. It's just, what are you going to do about it? Can you recognize that in yourself that, hey, something's different? Do, do, do I think that um, in 2000, when I finished my last summer as a summer cop, do I think that 22 years from now, you know what? I'm going to wear leggings a lot and I'm going to teach yoga. <laughs> I mean, that's not a thought. That's just kind of where I, <laughs> where I got to. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, I, I mean, I look good in them, but you know. <laughs> yeah. so, so here's a question: Is you you tell that to yourself 22 years ago? What is what is the 20, 2002 response from Vance? You mean like is is that that uh, getting into yoga and stuff like that? Yeah. Hey, 20 years from now, you're going to be wearing leggings a lot. What and teaching yoga. What is that Vance's response? I I would have been like I, I I would have thought that that was very different. 
and that, and that's the that you know that that's the best way to put it. Look, when I got into my career, I I was like I I want to be on I want to be on the SWAT team. I want to be on a bike. I want to work as much as I possibly can. Um, and, and, and listen, th- this is me that I had just played four years of college football. I had just been a summer cop. I had just finished my six month police academy. So I'm feeling pretty like invincible at that point. Like I hadn't had, I've had three significant injuries in the course of my career, you know, so I've had these 20 years of life. So if you came to me with yoga at that point, um, I'm not going to say I wouldn't try it, but I certainly was not nearly as open as I am now. Right. And I think, I think that's part of it is a testament of where we have come through that time period. You had to go through the ringer to get there, but look at like the work that Ols is doing now and that you're doing now and the response that you're getting from that younger generation. You know, I think, I think the fact that when you came in and did the, the yoga with us um, last year and having a hundred percent participation and, you know, what, whether they were doing it begrudgingly, you know, they all did it. And at the end, like to have people be in a place where they felt comfortable enough to fall asleep. Like we I think the progress that we're making is, is impressive, but I, th- I think everybody would agree that we still have a long way to go. hundred percent. And advance, I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase something I saw you post um, not that long ago. It's you, you much rather somebody you reach out in their time of need, whether it's three in the afternoon or three in the morning versus have to show up to their funeral or their yeah. memorial service. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when you know, we start to go down that path and get in that dark place that we don't realize that those resources are there or sometimes they're just not available in a timely manner also. And I think that's, you know, that's another um, aspect that we have to look at that when, when people reach out or, or show those subtle signs, but especially when they actually reach out to some of these places. And I almost look like it, look at it like um, you're trying to sometimes find a contractor for your house. If the contractor <laughs> is really, really good and really effective, they're usually really busy and they right. can't get to you for four to six months. If, if they're so-so, they, you know, they, they might get to you really quick, but they don't do really good work. So, you know, I, I find um, that we're a little bit in that situation as well for the availability of resources sometimes that when people are kind of reaching out or testing the waters and dipping their toe in to say, hey, man, I need some help. Um, sometimes the availability is not there. So that's yeah. that's something I really think that we need to, um, you know, try to find a, a, a network at least. To say, and, you know, we, we again, getting out of those silos, it doesn't have to be a fire service person. That might help a fire service individual, but it might be someone who's in public safety who kind of understands at, le- at least to kind of get them grounded and started and then maybe transition them to, so- to somebody who's more appropriate. So I agree with you guys completely that, you know, I might not be the guy or, you know, you might not be the person they need to talk to, but you're going to find the one they do. But even in the short term, just to kind of bridge that gap and say, hey, brother, look, I'm going to help you the best I can, but I've got a much, much better person. Let me get you through these next couple of weeks and kind of get you, you know, uh, you know, let me get you off the ledge and then, you know, we'll, we'll get you into that. So I, th- I think it's you know very important to do that. And um, we're glad to see Mike back too. And, you know, Mike, yeah. Mike had some, um, but I know Mike's had a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of these close calls and a lot of things, you know, at, at his job as well, but just trying to 
you know, maybe even get people, you know, they might not have the exact person they need at the time, but you know, at least somebody, like you said, Oles, you know, at least get them talking, um, you know, at least get them somewhere. Uh, it might not be the most ideal one, but uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that, at least you know, that stopgap measure? I think I think you you make a good point, Trevor. Like, there's sometimes I think there's a lag in getting um, somebody like the right person for them to talk to. Um, but like Ols mentioned, you know, sometimes like just having that person to be that that person for the like being the Trevor for right now to to call the to to talk about right now and then to call the next day to to fill that gap until, or even for you to recognize, Hey, th- I think this person needs a lot more help than what, than what they, they realize. Like they don't need just this conversation. They don't need a check-in tomorrow. And, and you know, they're on the right track. Like they're going to need some serious help. You know, they had a significant call. They've had something significant happen at home, whatever it is. Um, but having that person to, to fall back on having that safety net, initially until you know they get to the right person i think is is huge yeah it's almost like been like a tiered response you know i mean we might and i I can't believe i'm actually saying this because i'm a suppression guy but you know even though it might be an als call you send a bls unit because that's the only thing available at the time to at least go there and and evaluate and start to stabilize and then when the als unit is able to arrive Mm -hmm. um please don't tell anybody i just made an ems analogy but I mean, I guess we're on a broadcast now, so um, I, I've late. just been outed. Too late. And it's, I mean, you guys are, you guys are leaders. So, I mean, leaders collaborate with other leaders. So we're not, a, we're not clinicians. I mean, as a whole, I mean, fire, fire department. So asking us, tasking us with like, okay, here's a behavioral health issue. What do you do? You, you seek the guidance and help of other people. That's why we have, Heather Brown, that's why we have oversight clinicians. And if I don't know the answer, I'm talking to peer support coordinators with across the bridge. Uh, Mike Wells, who was working with the professional firefighters in Maryland, I talked to him. I, we were texting last night. You know, I mean, we collaborate all the time. So it's not, it's, if you don't know the answer, that's okay. A lot of times I don't. I'll figure it out, you know, and I'll, and I'll try to get the answer for you. Uh, it's just, you just kind of learn trial by fire. And it is, I mean, Trevor's right. I mean, it's it's hard. There's a wait list. But mental health in general, forget about the fire service. It's It can be brutal. I mean, you go to these local counseling centers, if you just want to like go to like couples counseling, regular individual counseling, there's like a four-month waiting list. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're moving in the direction of trying to get a you know state statewide peer program and, and what that curriculum looks like. And we're working towards having a database of resources. So if Eastern Shore is blocked up, you know, all right, maybe. But there's someone doing there's a first responder friendly therapist in Cumberland that's accepting new patients right now that works with anxiety or PTSD or whatever it is. So, I mean, I think we are moving towards having a more centralized place to look for help, you know. No, that that's good. I mean, and I found that to kind of be a little bit of the stumbling block is that in the people's hour when they really, really, really need somebody or need that quick intervention, it seems to be um, it's almost like, 
you call in the suicide prevention hotline and they put you on hold. You know, it's like, you know, for, for suicide, press one, for depression, press two. You know, it's like, yeah. got you know, that people need kind of that immediate thing. So, you know, I, I think it's important for us also to you know, recognize the um, maybe the supply versus the demand, if you will, but also be able to maybe take some of those intermediate steps or at least to do something. Um, you know, to keep those people stabilized um, and keep us all stabilized until they can get to that specialist or that person who gels with them. Um, because, you know, also you, you're probably, you know, would agree with this as well. Uh, you, you might go to a, um, a therapist or a counselor or anything else. And if, if you don't have if you don't have the trust or that, you know, uh, interaction, you know, it, it, it's nice that they have the letters behind their their name, but at the same time, if you don't feel it's being productive, you know, people are going to kind of bow out of that situation and then not get the help they need. Right. Yeah. Try someone else. I mean, if you don't like it, try someone else. If you don't like your primary, fire them. Go somewhere else. Like you should have a good rapport. It doesn't mean that therapy was bad. It just means that didn't jive with you. You know, that's cool. Yeah. No problem. Well, guys, we're we're just over an hour. Um, so let's go ahead and, and do some final thoughts. Vance, um, why don't we start with you? Um, just some final thoughts and, you know, anything that you want to, hey, this is the last thing that I want you to remember from me or uh, any shout outs. Um, you know, obviously, we'd love to hear uh, what you get, what you're doing with Yoga Rescue. Um, and, you know, where, where can we come do some yoga with you or uh, what you've got going on? Okay, so as far as Yoga Rescue goes, uh, I teach five classes a week, uh, one of which is a, uh, you know, police and fire generally dominated by men. Uh, I do a men's beginner class every Tuesday night, and I have uh, a bunch of guys that, you know, we get together and we do some yoga. Anyway, so listen, um, everybody has to find their thing that brings them joy. There was something in all of our lives before we ever got into this job that we looked forward to that made us smile. And then the more time that we spend in our job that we can't do those things, that's when we start to be like, mm. so what I'm, what I'm encouraging is find something that makes you smile, find something that is not your job that you can get into and it does not have to be yoga. Although if that's your thing, come see me. Um, if you are hurting, please understand that there are people that want to help you. And there is a incredible support system out there that want to pull you back out of the hole, but you just got to make the first step and you got to be the one to maybe reach out to somebody in your agency and be like, listen, something ain't right. And I need help. And I promise you, that people are going to start to help. So that's my two cents. I, I greatly appreciate everybody having me, um, you know, and I, and I certainly hope to talk to everybody soon. Thanks, Vance. And actually, I'll, when we click off, um, maybe shoot me a text of dates, times, locations, uh, or not necessarily uh, dates, but like the days and when and where you're teaching. Okay. So we'll put that on our social media and we'll share um, okay. some of your stuff as well. All right, you got yeah, it. He is interested in the in yoga. Cool. Um, you would make that connection. Wonderful. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, uh, Mike. I, I know you've been you've been in and out. Currently punching your ticket. Um, 
what's what's hot off the press in ball for you? Well, oh yeah, we've been we've been running a little bit. I apologize for that. I hate uh, popping in and out. It's all uh, good. But uh, uh, I, I think that was great advice that uh, Vance just gave, and uh, and I'm going to try to real quick dig Trevor out of his EMS analogy hole that he's uh, currently in. While, uh, while you're sitting on a tower ladder, right? Right. You know, I I never did a whole lot of exploring uh, down this rabbit hole, and it is that um, just because of uh, the different forks in the road when it comes to uh, mental health. Uh, And it honestly, it wasn't until Eric started kind of throwing it in my face a lot that I really started to, to listen and pay attention. And that was actually some years ago in in, uh, very, very past brief conversations with Eric when I first met him because he was very passionate about it. And I thought a lot about that uh, and a lot about some of what he brought to the table following our uh, triple line of duty death that we had almost a year ago here in here in a couple of weeks. And. You know, that was something that weighed heavy on my mind. I knew the individuals very well. I was close friends with one of them. Uh, well, two. And um, and I was there. So, and in and being there and participating in um, the recovery and looking at the faces of guys that I was beside uh, and seeing what they were going through, even though all you saw was in some, in, in some ways, blankness. Um, it, uh, you, you realize the importance of, of being able to talk about this and uh, trying to bring a, a suppression analogy to it now is that I think one thing that we, we, we can't discount is uh, the first alarm of companies that arrive and uh, in dealing with mental health, um, what I mean by that is when we get back uh, to the firehouse and we sit around that table after a terrible incident, um, that initial conversation that gets generated is, is your first alarm, uh, your first alarm of, 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 you know, people to the rescue. And, uh, you know, we get kind of labeled with a very dark sense of humor. uh, And that is because of a lot of the things we see and how we deal with what we, what we see and what we're a part of. Um, but with that said, there is a lot of importance in that humor, especially upon the return of a, of a, of a terrible call. And I think that is a, a huge takeaway from this. And, um, and even though that, and, I, and that might've been said, I, I might've missed it because I wasn't here for the whole show, but um, understanding that just discussing something um, right when you, right when you return, bringing it up, whether it's bringing it up in, in a joking fashion or just sitting there and saying that was bad, uh, and getting that conversation started goes a long way for helping people, um, start to open up and get those feelings moving. And I think that that's something that, you know, and I've been, and I'm sure we all have on this, uh, on the show right now, we've all come back from those calls where you return and you sit down and you kind of stare at each other a little bit. And then you look away and you know that deep inside, like you should say, so, so, 
we all probably want to say something, but nobody knows what to say. Um, and I think that this drives home the importance of say something. Uh, just say something. No one's gonna no one's gonna eat your lunch for it. Say something, because you truly are the first alarm to that emergency at that moment. And you know what comes later is as far as therapy and specialist and um, critical incident teams. You know they're the the second and third alarm, uh, such as. A- oh man! Did Elvis <laughs> just leave the building? He was on a roll. Uh, sorry. Uh, second. Did I lose you? There yeah. we go. We're, we're getting you back. There we go. I don't know what happened there. It came in and out. Yeah, your your dial up okay. just uh, kind of uh, reconnected. But, go okay. ahead. Um, but that is, you know, uh, that's the that's the importance I think that I I'm taking away from it is get the conversation going upon return. Get it, you know, generate that whether it be humorous, whether it be dark, whether it be, uh, you know, literally sitting there weeping, whether it be in the form of, you know, a hug or whether it just be uh, sitting back and um, screaming and yelling. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Get it. Get it moving. Get something uh, moving forward on, on that conversation. Um, but I, I think that drives some of the importance of getting it started. So that that's what I got. I appreciate you guys being on. Um, I wish I had seen the whole thing, but I know what Olsen brings to the table because I, I get to see it almost on a daily basis. Absolutely. But thank you. thank you. Thank you, Mike. Have a safe trip tonight. Ols? If I could piggyback Mike, Mike said say something. I'll say do something. Um, if you're what, whatever wellness program your police or fire has, it doesn't have to be per. Just do something. Just start somewhere. Uh, do anything. Just start. So whatever you think it is, you can't go wrong. Um, I also would say that just dealing with mental health specifically, we're going to talk about mental health. It is not easy. So don't feel like you have to have all the answers because the professionals don't have all the answers. Uh, I think of just just try to help and reach out for help. The helpers need to have help. Call me, call Vance, call Mike, call, see if you have any. All right, what, what should I do next? You know, we'll figure it out together. I figure it on the fly all the time. It's one big uh, improv show, you know. So uh, like practicing medicine, dealing with behavioral health emergencies. We're practicing dealing with mental health emergencies. It's you're learning you by trial by fire. So just know your the most important thing is like, I think Trevor was hitting home pretty hard. It was your, your members know that you're there for them. You might not know exactly what you're going to do, but just let them know that you're there for them. You know, it's the perceived support. Um, the only two plugs, I guess I'll say is I, I am, uh, have the privilege of leading uh, meditation at Zena wellness in Berlin every third Monday now at seven o'clock. And I do enjoy helping peer teams. So if anyone locally wants help building a team, uh, you know, Vance is also very knowledgeable. Come talk to us. We'll help you out because that's how we started. People helped us. And if I do want to do a um, a plug, it will be first. There's a first responder conference here in Ocean City in March 30th to 31st. It's a wonderful program where they have people from all over uh, the area uh, kind of promoting uh, their 
their little uh, niche in how we can promote better health and wellness in the first responder community. Vance and myself have the privilege of being two of the presenters. And it's a real, it's a good time to, to really just uh, network. And I think if anything, if as leaders, we should be doing more is more networking, see what else is out there. So that's a little plug. First responder conference, March 30th, Ocean City. And, and also, if you would, um, same thing like, like I'd ask fans, uh, send me when you're at Zena for your meditation stuff. And mm -hmm. then um, if you could send me, I think I've already seen it. I think I got an invite from it or to it for the first responder wellness uh, conference. So I'll, yeah. um, if I can't find that, I'll get up with you guys um, so we can, again, share that stuff. I sent, um, man, I sent you the I sent you the flyer. Okay. All right. Terrific. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Trevor? Yeah, real quick, um, you know, Eric and Vance both, thank you so much for your perspective. I think you guys gave a lot of uh, great nuggets out to people tonight. I mean, I, I certainly learned a lot of stuff, too, and you know, had a different view of things, uh, which I think is important because we get very myopic in uh, our views a lot of times. But, uh, you know, you guys have both chewed a lot of the same dirt you know, through public safety and can – I mean, not only what you're doing for the whole mental health community, but especially for the public safety personnel um, that are, you know, we're, we're kind of a special group, if you will. Uh, so, you know, between, you know, all the stuff you're doing and the advance with Yoga Rescue, I think these are very important uh, you know, things to be able to have uh, not only as resources, but also to be able to promote some of these things out there, too. Because, again, um, a lot of departments don't even fathom some of the, these uh things that you guys are doing as resources. So it's, it's very, very important. And I really appreciate and respect what you all are doing. Um, something else to maybe consider as well. Uh, you know, not only our fire service, public safety, you know, police families, uh, but also our, our uh, biological families as well, because, you know, our, our spouses, our siblings, you know, every, our parents, grandparents, everybody's kind of involved in this whole process. And, you know, sometimes that's a difficult thing to separate yourself from your, um, your work family and your home family, and then try to accommodate both because all of them are going to have to deal with your baggage um, that you're bringing to the table. And they're, they're there to help you, um, you know, especially when they're trying to make sure that, you know, you're going down a better, a good path, or they're trying to redirect you a little bit. So I think it's important also just to recognize that, um, you know, we have multiple families that are involved in this whole process and, you know, kind of look at, look after them as well, because this is a stress on everybody. Um, you know, including the individual who's going through the struggles. But, you know, Eric and Vance, thank you guys so much for your perspective. Um, you know, Mike, Ben, you know, uh, thanks for giving your guys perspective on this as well. And, uh, you know, again, have, hope you have a healthy, happy, and safe 2023 and a happy 15th anniversary, Strike the Box. Yes, happy anniversary. Yes, awesome. Congratulations. So, again, thank you guys. Um, just a couple things uh, before we sign off. We've got a show scheduled uh, two weeks from today, which is our normal every other week schedule. Uh, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, um, but again, just watch our social media, not only for the upcoming show, but for the stuff that we talked about tonight. Um, I'll also put Eric's information out. So if you're interested for, um, actually, I'm going to ask him before I just post it up there. Um, but if you're interested about, you know, starting a peer support team or anything that, that he had talked about, um, and he can get you in contact with Vance and, and anything that they get, those guys can help you with um, two fantastic resources. Um, so that'll be on our social media. 
Um, so yeah, we, I got a lot of stuff to post, um, but just keep in track, uh, keep in touch, follow us, like us, share us, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, like we had talked about, go like, follow and share Yoga Rescue. Um, if you guys are interested in getting in on some yoga, I can tell you it was a great time. I ended up, it changed my mind. Uh, so it was a good time. And some other uh, shout outs that I have. Uh, congratulations to Chris Twilley and Doug Parker of the Salisbury Fire Department, both promoted to assistant chiefs today. Boom. Today, yesterday. Um, two quality individuals that will make great assistant chiefs. Um, you know, they we've we've kind of progressed through the ranks in Salisbury together before I stepped out. Uh, but again, just two wonderful individuals. Um, so the best of luck to them as they, they take on their new roles as um, as assistant chiefs. Brian Records, 43 years with the Salisbury Fire Department, retired at the end of last year. Congrats, sir. A wonderful career. I think it was uh, one or two years as a volunteer and then um, the rest of that as a, as a career uh, firefighter uh, with the city of Salisbury, um, ending as an assistant chief, the senior assistant chief, one of the senior people in the department. Uh, so congrats, chief. Uh, enjoy your retirement. Uh, we know that you'll be super busy with the grandkids and in Fruitland Volunteer Fire Company, so they're lucky to have you. Um, I don't know if anybody is is following it uh, like I am. Um, I think it's kind of well-known, at least through our group, that uh, if it's going on with lithium-ion batteries, uh, it's kind of my thing. I'm a little bit of a dork about it, but it is what it is. I'm, you know, working on it. I'll talk to Ols about it. Um, <laughs> But the FDNY, who has uh, been running more of those incidents uh, probably than anyone else in the country right now, um, or at least they're making it more well-known, uh, which we are extremely grateful for, because uh, that is a cluster and a half. Um, they're posting some year-end data on their social media, so if you're interested in that, go check that out. The number of fires that they ran last year compared to years previous is just unreal, uh, and the injuries and deaths associated with that are, um, are up a lot. So go check that out. And uh, if, you not, if you don't know what I'm talking about at all, uh, go check it out and then check out their, the rest of their information uh, and follow up on that because that is a, um, a trending topic that is going to need some serious attention if you don't know what's going on with that. Uh, finally, the one thing I wanted to, to end with is the passing of Chief Halton. Uh, Chief Bobby Halton, who was a previous guest on our show, did a ton for the fire service and uh, went up through the ranks in New Mexico, was the fire chief in Albuquerque, I believe. Is that correct, Ch Trevor? Uh, and went up through the ranks through Albuquerque, um, left there, went to, he was in, I think, Coppell, Texas, uh, and then finally was the editor-in-chief uh, for fire engineering, ran uh, FDIC, which is the Fire Department Instructors Conference in Indy, um, just a wonderful human being. Uh, his passion for the fire service is unmatched. Um, it has whoever is going to fill those role. Uh, one, you're not going to fill it, uh, but we wish you the very best. Um, what a, what a wonderful person he was and, and honored to have, have had him on the show. Um, as we were getting ready for that, I get a phone call from Oklahoma. Um, and it comes up, maybe Bobby Halton. Remember, like, when that first started, like, it would give you the name on your phone. And I'm sitting at my parents' house in Pennsylvania. I'm like, there ain't, there's no way. There's no way Bobby Halton is calling me. This has got to be wrong. Answer it. Hi, Ben. And in the Bobby Halton voice, I was like, no way. Oh, it was so cool. What a wonderful conversation that we had. 
what a great show that we had with him, um, which we kind of clipped down and aired um, when we learned of his passing, just as a little tribute to him. Um, but uh, keep the Haltons in their thoughts and prayers, as well as uh, the Carolina County Sheriff's Office and the family of Corporal Lucas Nagel um, after he uh, took his life on New Year's Eve. So that's all I've got. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, it'll go live as a podcast tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in two weeks. Everybody take care of yourself and each other. Cheers. See ya.